All right, listen, guys, I get it. Many of you are unable to financially support this ministry because you're spending your cash and your lives on raising young children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Praise God for you and that endeavor. However, algorithms are a thing. Shadow banning, sadly, is a thing. And one major way that you can help to expand the reach and effectiveness of this ministry that doesn't cost you a dime is by spending just a few moments leaving us a five-star review. Also, perhaps even more effective than that, you can share our podcast with a friend. We hope you'll take the time to do so. Thank you so much. God bless. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. Here's four rapid fire questions I want to answer at the end of our our sermon. What was the source of the persecution directed at these Hebrew Christians? I've already answered that. The source, the primary uh, group that's persecuting them is the Jews. It's the Sanhedrin. It's the Pharisees. It's the Sadducees. It's the religious, it's the scribes, it's the lawyers. It's, it's Israel. The nation state of Israel are the, are the primary source that is persecuting these Jews who have now switched allegiances to Christianity, to Christ. Number two, what sin were these Hebrew Christians resisting that incurred such persecution? What's the sin that they're resisting? Because this is where we're getting in briefly to verse three and four. Consider him, that being Christ, verse three, who endured from sinners such hostility so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Verse four now, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. So what's the sin that these Hebrew Christians are resisting that incurred such persecution? The sin that they're resisting is the sin of unbelief in the sufficiency of Christ, the finished work of Christ that would cause them to go back to Jerusalem. They would cause them to continue to hedge their bets with the, the, the ceremonial practices under Judaism. Um, number three, Third question, what degree of persecution, according to verse 3 and 4, what degree of persecution were these Hebrew Christians enduring? Well, according to verses 3 and 4, it's not as though they're not being persecuted at all, but they're not yet being persecuted to the point of shedding blood. And what's given as the example, who do you look to? You look to Christ, you consider Christ, who endured from sinners such hostility, hostility and persecution to such a degree that, that he bled out and died on a cross. So Christ did bleed. You haven't, you haven't bled yet. So he's not saying you're not, you're not being persecuted at all, but he is saying the degree of persecution in which you're receiving is nothing by comparison to Christ. It's nothing by comparison to Christ. Fourth and final question. In the case of Christ's persecution, what does it mean? And we'll look at this more next week. Lord willing. But what does it mean when the, the text says that Christ endured the cross and despised the shame. And I'll leave you with this. There's a lot of debate on on what those words mean, um, but I strongly believe that what it means is that these two phrases are meant to actually sharply contrast with one another. Christ endured one thing, and he despised another. Christ went to the cross. That cup did not pass over him. So Christ endured the cross, That's meant to mean he embraced the cross. He received the cross. So in terms of the the shedding your blood category, which the Hebrew Christians have not yet done, according to the text, verses 3 and 4. So you guys have not yet gotten to that point of shedding blood. Christ, his blood flowed like rivers. 
And that he received. He was willing to endure the cross, receive the cross, and he could have gotten out of it. Christ himself says, I could, I could call down a legion of angels, right? So he, he endured the cross, received the cross that he could have gotten out of, and he therefore shed his blood. But there's another element of persecution, and this is, this is what's so relevant for us today. If you haven't heard anything, hear this last thing. This is what's relevant for us. Christ endured bloodshed, cross. He despised shame. And what that means, I believe, is that Christ counted the shame as nothing. Because the shame, those who were shaming him, was not God. Those who were shaming Christ was man. And as it says multiple places within the gospel narratives, Christ at one point it says, but he did not entrust himself. Even when people were singing his praises, he did not entrust himself to them for he knew what was in the heart of man. Christ despised the shame, meaning implicitly what, what's, what's included there. We're meant to assume the shame that was directed towards him from people. Christ despised the shame because Christ was not a slave to the fear of man. He despised the shame because he realized it was the peanut gallery. And it didn't matter if they were trying to shame him. And I believe that one of the ways that Christ endured the cross, hear this principle because it's gold, and it will serve you well as we live in a culture that is increasingly becoming more hostile towards Christians. One of the ways that you endure the bloodshed, which may come in our lifetime, one of the ways you endure the bloodshed category of persecution is by counting the fear of man and what they say about me, the shame category of persecution, as nothing. Because what's unbearable, I believe, what is unbearable, an amount of persecution that no man can endure, is both cross and shame. The way that you endure crosses, the way that you could even be a martyr for your faith, is by counting the shame as nothing despising the shame. I can endure the lions. I can endure the cross. I can endure the prison cell. I can endure this and I can endure that because it's only this. Because the only other thing that they're trying to combine with that bloodshed persecution is they're trying to combine it with mockery. They're trying to combine it with, with rejection. They're trying to combine it with shame. But you know what all that amounts to? Nothing. Because it's coming from the peanut gallery. And who cares? If God is for us, who can be against us? Thanks so much for listening. But real quick, before you go, do us a small favor. Take a moment and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.